I want to see a UFO like quite a bit, but I don't know what I would do if I saw one. I also don't know what I'd do. You know, I never thought about it. No? What like do you I'd do pro- My impulse would probably be to follow it. I think a UFO would go way too fast for me to follow it, but. Well, I know, but if you saw something in the sky, would you not try to approach it? I've seen a lot of things in the sky I don't try to approach. I wait until they come to the ground and then I try to catch them. <laughs> and that's the difference between you and me. <laughs> I don't stand a chance if they're still in the sky, but if they're on the ground, <laughs> the odds have been evened. I just run around with my, um, oh shit. Butterfly net? No. Uh, fuck. What's that thing Bart Simpson carries around? Slingshot. A slingshot. Okay, you have one of those in Animal Crossing, and about a month ago, I started calling it my Dennis the Menace because I couldn't remember the word, <laughs> and now it's what I call it exclusively, and the word is completely leaving my vocabulary. <laughs> Bizarre behavior. I forgot. No nonsense on this podcast. No, just straight business. Business talks from the business jocks. <laughs> That's our next podcast. <laughs> we give stock market advice. <laughs> An exercise advice. Yeah. Don't do it. We do desk workout videos. <laughs> it's just the rocking back and forth. Yeah. No, it's just us bouncing up and down as we clench and unclench our butt cheeks in our chairs. <laughs> no one can tell you're doing it. <laughs> unless you bounce. Then we stop bouncing and we're like, now we're doing kegels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like people need this advice, so we might as well mm-hmm. give it to them. Not enough people are concerned about um, exercising at work. Mm-hmm. I, since we've been close to the public, I've had much less stretch time at work. Because <laughs> usually if people are in and they're um, like in the store doing stuff like I'm sort of waiting for them to check out so I'll do like some stretching and moving around Mm. but because nobody's there I don't stretch as much so I've been trying a bit more lately but for a while I was like my back is not feeling great by the end of the day so Mm. yeah when I was working from home I got into a really good routine of just like midday doing actually no it's it's really easy to maintain when you don't have a job at all yeah have you been maintaining it I have Oh, good for you. I don't do any stretches on my days off often, so mm. what I find I sleep better. Yeah, you brag about that a lot. Yeah. I take pills you know. for that, so <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Yeah. How are you today? Grumpy. I'm very grumpy today. It's raining. It's gross out. The world is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to go outside, but guess what? We have to because the world sucks and the police are evil. Yeah, like like on top of, you know, the horrific things they did, I also just rent the police for making us have to go outside and near other people during a pandemic to tell them they did a bad thing. Yeah. Like several bad things. Several police bad all things, over the yes. world doing several bad things. Everything bad. Like, I don't know. As everyone else is saying, we'll just put our voices in the mix. Uh, defund the police. Yeah, we abolish the police. Don't need them. We're going to save so much money, okay? Post-pandemic, we're going to have 
a lot of cuts to make, and all of them should be to the police department. And if we don't have police, apparently crime goes down. It's been tested in New York, the crimiest place. So it's been tested more than once, right? I'm sure it's been tested all over. Like we only have cops in Canada because we wanted to take over more land and make sure uh, Aboriginal, sorry, Indigenous people stayed on reservations. So Mm -hmm. like whatever, if we're pretending we don't want that anymore, let's, you know get rid of the cops then yeah cowards (laughs) um yeah so we're gonna post some links to bail funds and other places you can put your money if you have any to spare in the description per usual yeah um if you don't have money to share it's always helpful to share those links and I don't know, be as vocal as you can. I know it's not not as easy as it usually is, and it usually isn't very easy to be out and about and yelling and screaming. So whatever you can do, you should do it. Whatever you can do, man. Um, if you want to listen to people smarter than us talk about this, you can follow Sandy and Nora podcast. I don't know if they have an episode about this recently, actually. Yeah. It's not hard to find people smarter than us, but also we're two white women, so probably a good idea to listen yeah. to some black voices. Sandy Hudson from that podcast was invited to go on CBC. Did you see that thread? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when and she said defund the police, they she were was like, not invited back. <laughs> we've got a lot of people, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, sucks. <laughs> but also... Not surprising thing for the CBC to do. So, yeah. How are you? <laughs> same? Um, I'm the same. I'm quite sleepy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not even that sleepy. It's just like I watched a sad movie last night, so I cried a bunch, and then I woke up, my eyes were all puffy, so my Aww. eyes are just like heavy. What movie was that, by the way? <laughs> uh, uh, the Lovely Bones. Oh, no, you didn't know that one was going to be sad? It was like, I knew it would be, like, kind of upsetting, but I'm like, okay, whatever. And I was going to watch it earlier in the day, but -hmm. then my roommate was doing, like, a workout, and I was like, I don't want to start it now. It's weird. I'll wait until she's done, and then I'll eat my ice cream and watch this movie. And then it was, like, 8.30, and I'm like, oh, this is probably a bit too sad for me, but I was doing that thing where I couldn't decide what I wanted to watch, so I just threw that on, and in, like, the first 10 minutes... I was like already crying and I was like, I had to have known. Yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> read a description of this movie and not know what it's about. Did you like, read the book when we were younger? No. Someone recommended it to me and then I read it and I was like, hey, um, I'm 12. <laughs> so Yeah, like <laughs> I can see like it's such a sad, scary book for children. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of book had I seen it. Um, I don't know when it came out, but it might have just been like when I was past my like teen novel phase and just wanted to read Kurt Vonnegut all the time. Ooh. Yes, I was very pretentious as a teen. <laughs> um, but not anymore at all. Uh, no, we're perfect now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was something I probably would have read and just been super bummed out by <laughs> as, a, as a teen with a, a mental illness or... Stuff yeah, 
it, it was, was a huge bummer <laughs> that would have stuck with me like i would if i had read it as a teen i would still probably be thinking about it now and it would be bumming me out so well yeah like that's the thing that i think through me is i didn't have um the the context or the language to talk about um and i think the lovely bones um doesn't necessarily do this i don't really remember the book very well but to talk about like these kinds of stories and titillation and the problem with that i guess but something about the fact that it had been recommended to me and the fact that everyone was talking about it really fucked me up like I was really like I don't I don't believe that all of you are enjoying this book for the right reasons and that really stressed me out. Yeah, well it's like like I watch and listen to like a lot of true crime stuff mm. and it's easier to listen to because there isn't like this personal factor to it but it's also like it, as much as Lovely Bones is essentially a fictional story I'm sure based on truth uh I don't know, the way they do it is just so creepy that it's not even a... Like, there's no real moral in the story or anything like that. Like at least No, when it's you're just listening... nonstop tragedy and yucky feeling. Yeah. At, like, at least in, like, the true crime I have, I usually... There's usually an ending where it's just, like, this person got caught. Like, mm -hmm. or, like, this is why we all have locks on our windows now or something like that. Um you know, never anything incredibly satisfying, but something that it's at least like, oh, okay, good closure. But this is just like, I mean, this movie came out 11 years ago, so I'm pretty sure I can say like nobody gets any closure. Like they find out who, who killed their daughter and like know that she's dead at one, at eventually or whatever, but they never catch the guy. Like he gets away. Mm. Um, I mean, it is funny that they, it's funny it is good that they somewhat imply that the one of the murder girls at least helps kill him in the end but yeah it's, it's, it's not enough no it's not as satisfying like he's killed how many like young girls um anyway it's a really hard hard thing to quantify <laughs> which isn't the word i wanted to use at all but i can't think of it but it's it's a sad movie yeah, I'm sorry you watched that alone at night. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it was it was a weird choice. But also <laughs> like I had just gotten my period and I'm like, I'm extra emotional. No. <laughs> and like I told you, like I started to get grumpy, so I was like, I'm just gonna put whatever on because I can't like stand it when I can't <laughs> choose something. <laughs> I mean, it didn't make you grumpy. No, it made me quite sad. <laughs> and angry a little, but not yeah. grumpy grumpy anyway that's why my eyelids are so puffy today i'm sorry what yeah that's do? uh my yeah. other my other fucking grape with today is that my period's coming and now my tits weigh like 30 pounds each no thank you Ugh, gross nipples feel like someone's tried to sandpaper them off <laughs> no yeah you get a lot more um boob pain than i do like every time you mention something like that i'm like oh, i've never had an issue boob wise I think I, yeah that I've at least been able to like connect to my period mm. my period is all just like my abdomen feels like it's a boulder mm. um, that's being chipped away at <laughs> so it's like super heavy always feels like I have to take like a massive dump 
<laughs> and Papa and I too. And uh, oh, but, period dumps are the grossest. I oh, like <laughs> uh, I'll tell this story that I'm sure everyone will enjoy. Um, when I was very young, like three or four or something like that, my mom made like homemade apple juice, and I guess like this brown froth on the top. Oh God! Oh my God! I hate and, this already. <laughs> my brother came around the corner with someone with his hand, and he's like. It made a, some sort of joke about him like wiping his butt but getting some on him and <laughs> I like I knew it was fake but just like the image in my mind that it conjured made me barf Cheerios all up the wall of my mom's bathroom <laughs> and <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's the beginning of the story which brother? Jesse. <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> so I got I got a reputation in my family for having a very weak stomach, which is like not <laughs> untrue. Little asshole can't even handle shit foam in the morning. <laughs> right after she had a huge bullet, I couldn't eat plain Cheerios for like I still can't eat plain Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> it's honey nut or bust or chocolate peanut butter uh, um yeah and then uh like several years ago now but in my adult life uh <laughs> i don't feel bad telling this story even though it's not mine to tell okay. uh jesse was telling kurt and i about this time he had to take a shit and they were out of toilet paper but he needed a shower anyway so just did that and uh, but then there was like poo water going down the drain. He's what? like, it was so gross. You would have like barfed. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't think I said this, but I'm like, I've had my period for like 12, 15 years now. Like, yeah, you don't know what disgusting is. Yeah. I'm like, I've dealt with enough poop. Yeah. <laughs> Just all over the goddamn place. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sucks, but I don't know. Wash your ass more. Yeah. Um... Anyway, that story. <laughs> story has to stay in. Everyone it loves poop does. stories. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, could you drink the apple juice? Um, I don't remember if I drank that apple juice. I for uh, sure wouldn't have. I I feel like probably I couldn't have. It was also like <laughs> uh Kurt. <laughs> is a huge he used to be the biggest apple juice drinker in the world um i think he held a record uh his Impressive. like yeah no i mean it's a lie but his front teeth were brown because he drank so much apple juice you don't have to explain when you're joking to me i usually know okay <laughs> just you know for the rest of everyone <laughs> um yeah so i can't imagine like I left I remember my grandparents were there I left to see them and probably tell my mom I barfed and hang out with them for a while <laughs> and uh probably by the time I got back Kurt had drank all the apple juice so my brother never pulled that kind of shit with me although mm -hmm. one time my friend and I um took a banana and covered it in chocolate sauce and salsa and then put that in his bed to try and convince him that uh bloody poo had been left there 
why? I don't know. We thought it'd be funny. Chocolate sauce and salsa. So yeah, the salsa was chunky salsa. Yeah, yeah, on top of the chocolate sauce. Yeah, kind of mixed in. Um, it gave it a, an interesting gloss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure an interesting. I mean, the onions smell. weren't very convincing. You should have had a, like a corn salsa. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Next time, I put a fake turd in someone's bed. <laughs> oh, corn salsa. Watch out, Paul. <laughs> I would apologize for the poop jokes, but if you're, I mean, I make at least one an episode. Yeah. Um, the only difference is this one was 10 minutes long. Yeah, I'm not sorry about the poop jokes. It's natural. Yeah. It's fine. Everybody, Everybody poops. poops. <laughs> There's a book about it. Yeah. Abrupt change of topic. Did you get some planters for your plants? We did. We haven't planted them yet, but we got. Um, holy shit, I didn't realize how big a planter pumpkins need. But we got one for that. <clears throat> yeah, I've been giving them less room. I separated mine slightly, and then I realized that I probably needed to give them each their own pot. Mm. But yeah. So you got a good big pumpkin one? Yeah, and a big uh, cucumber one. Nice. Yeah, good we're stuff. Gonna, we're going to have a feast. My... Uh, my lettuce is growing pretty big, and then I've got a row of cucumbers that are getting, like, their third leaf is out and unfolded. So I'm like, yes! Nice! Thank you for the plants. <laughs> You're welcome! Do you want to talk about the movie, or do you want to talk about poop some more? Um, let's just jump into the movie, you know? See if poop comes up naturally. Yeah, 20 minutes in is a good movie time. Yeah. Um, so I'm Barbara. And I'm Melissa. And you're listening to I Forgot. I forgot to say I forgot again. You know what? We're great. Yeah. Uh, this week, we forgot. My best friend's wedding. Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, we did. It was <laughs> uh, not... No one was as lovable as I remember them being, except for George. Mm-hmm. But uh, still kind of a fun romp. It's just that yeah. you have to accept that all these people are terrible. Yeah, which was hard for me for some reason. Like, by the end of the movie, I was so furious at Julia <laughs> Roberts. I was just like, this has made me so angry. I don't know what I'm going to do with this energy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her. It is like there's not even any comeuppance. Like, there's her public shame, but she still even gets to attend the wedding is the wildest part to me. Yeah. Well, it's not even... Like, incredibly public shame. Like, some people know, but she goes back to her life in another city, and the only person who knows is, like, her best friend. That's true. Although George, for sure, was tweeting about it. <laughs> tweeting about it in it's 1995? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a more recent movie now. Yeah, so that was the thing I missed at the wedding. We're just going to skip right to the end. At the wedding, she stands up for her speech, which, uh, don't give her the microphone. or no. The- don't let her speak and said i had a dream that someone was trying to ruin your wedding the implication being that everyone there knew that what she had done yeah um in what scenario does everyone not immediately stand up boo hiss and throw their fucking chicken plates at her (laughs) yeah i don't know i i don't (laughs) understand the end of this movie it was just like she's like i realized i was wrong 
But no, she doesn't even really realize she was wrong. She just realizes she like lost. Yeah, she realizes like, she shouldn't have wasted her time because she wasn't going to get what she wanted. Yeah. Like, I don't think she was like, oh, maybe I should not have tried to break up this marriage so hard just because I like this guy who I've already, like, told I wouldn't be with. Yeah. And her character growth, I guess, is supposed to be the fact that she's, like, completely cold and incapable of vulnerability up until Mm -hmm. here where she does a bunch of bizarre shit and then has an honest conversation for once in her goddamn life. Yeah. But it's like, that's not enough. You Only you benefit from your vulnerability. Yeah, like, you've still done such shitty things, but you think just being, like... <laughs> do you think just apologizing makes up for it? Yeah. Like, anyway. Uh, yeah. But this movie starts... <laughs> <laughs> with her getting the call, she's, like, out for brunch or whatever with George. Yeah, she's doing... Also, she's a food critic. Oh, yeah. So just a bad person, generally. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts, like, uh, with a kitchen scene where the chefs are trying to make it, like, something perfect. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they give it to her, and she's like, I'm going to call it interesting and inventive or something. And then they're all like, oh, thank goodness. And then, yeah, whatever. Her and George start talking about how her best friend is trying to get a hold of her um and it sounds kind of important important oh yeah and then she explains to him their pact that they made um in (laughs) college (laughs) yeah if they're not married by the time they're both 28 then they'll marry each other how old are you (laughs) (laughs) how old am i (laughs) i am 31 yeah it's a bunch of like 30 plus year olds watching it except for of course rachel um Being like, oh, okay, yeah, 28's pretty old. (laughs) I can't imagine. I don't understand that pact. No. Because I'm 30, and even if I thought marriage was a real thing, I I still don't feel a rush. I don't feel any urgency. (laughs) I'm not looking to make any sort of commitment. Mm -hmm. Ever. Oh, I bought a fan today. Good job. Thank you. That's a commitment. Yeah. Well, I kept the receipt in case there's a warranty issue. Ah. But I cut a hole in the box so cheese could go in it. Aww. <laughs> she, she we played a little bit, but she isn't that interested yet. But we'll we'll get there. Give it time. You gotta cut another hole on the other side so she can run through it like a tongue. Oh, I should just open up the other side, yeah. It's just like a really long skinny box, so she like fits in, but just barely. Oh, cute. <laughs> so I cut a hole in the top so she could potentially go in that way. <laughs> okay, wait, what else happens? So they have oh. a, a pact, a bad pact. Yeah, George implies that maybe he's trying to call because they're like she just turned 28 and her friend should be turning 28 soon. So he's like, oh, maybe he's, you know, cashing this in or whatever. And she immediately becomes convinced that he is because obviously everyone is obsessed with her so she's a full-on narcissist like um what's her best friend's name george no her her the one she wants to bang dermot mulrooney is the actor's name didn't ask for that (laughs) michael Uh, okay sounds fine um michael is uh shithead and very self-absorbed but 
yeah, like he's not a great guy, but if they're both in a movie together, you're like, well, he's way better than her. Yeah. The frustrating thing about her constant rants about how she's actually doing Cameron Diaz a favor by trying to break them up is like she's not wrong. Yeah. Cameron Diaz should not be giving up her future career to marry this useless dweeb. But those aren't your motivations, Julia Roberts. You're not fooling no. us. Yeah, like your heart isn't in the right place, but you do make some valid points. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't want them to get married because like First of all, this guy is like what eight years older than her. Looks to be fifteen years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, like Cameron Diaz's character is twenty, and his is supposed to be like twenty-eight or whatever. Um, but she's like got like one year left in school, but they've decided she's gonna drop out so he can continue his career. And it's like, just be sort of like distance. <laughs> also, his career as a sports writer. Like, if you want someone to give up their life for you to keep doing what you're doing at least do something that matters yeah (laughs) he works for sport magazine (laughs) but yeah like julia roberts even says to him like that's not a grown-up job and it's like yeah (laughs) no it's not it's like i mean it's a fine job like whatever but like you don't ask someone else to give up their career and their potential future so you can continue to be a sport writer um, so we've watched a lot of 2000s and 90s rom-coms lately. There was there only about nine jobs in those two decades? Yeah, I think so. Because it seems like you can only be um, an editor or a writer for a magazine, mm-hmm. a food critic, apparently, an architect, or an aspiring entertainer. Yeah, or you can like work in a bookstore, but you really love it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's very there are very few occupations available for uh people who are in movies mm-hmm. i think largely because they're rich and they don't know what other occupations are <laughs> uh, we watched the one where they were sort of like handymen but there was also a potter wait which one was that tremors oh yeah the best movie so far maybe it's not a rom-com oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is a little romantic. Oh, wait, you can be a maid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As long as you're in Manhattan. Or a Republican. Yeah, there seems to have been more Republicans than... There are a lot of, like, Republicans who are, like, heart of gold or whatever in these movies. Like, they're Mm -hmm. not so bad. And it's like, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, um, Republicans are to the 90s as... Uh, cops are to the 2010s like they just put them in shows and movies and be like (laughs) you'd think they'd be bad but they're good actually yeah Uh, uh. (laughs) sorry I don't know why I'm making all these noises I'm thinking but it doesn't it's not going to amount to anything that's That's kind of a false equivalence anyway because they didn't have children's shows in the 90s where a bunch of dogs were republicans to indoctrinate children into wanting to be republicans yeah also, when did we decide that cops were, like, heroes just, like, for being a cop? Um, 9-11. Yeah, I guess so. It's like, if you save a baby without killing anyone else, yeah. then you can be a hero. <laughs> if you kill a bunch of unarmed c- civilians, uh, well, then you're just a regular cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Still a hero for some reason. Thin blue line. 
I don't get it. I'll say it again. Cops' lives don't matter as much as other people's lives. Mm -hmm. They decided, they signed up for it. They said, hey, I will give my life for yours. And now they better act like it. Um, and also, if you want, if you're a cop and you want your life to matter as much as everyone else's, just quit. You can quit at yeah. any time. You can just quit being a cop. Yeah. Like, grocery stores are hiring like crazy right now. They're so busy. Mm-hmm. And they, <laughs> grocery store workers are the real heroes if we're talking exactly. between grocery store workers and cops. Definitely grocery store workers. Most professions, most professions you can think of would be more noble than being a cop. So quit your job. I also just want to say, like, grocery store workers, just in general, even if you're not comparing them to cops, still a good job. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for giving me food. (laughs) Anyway, so after the first scene, (laughs) uh, Julia Roberts convinced he's her uh, Michael is going to try to uh, propose to her or whatever, cash in on this deal. Like answers or gives him a call, and um, first of all, he says he's been trying to get a hold of her for like a month. Yeah, Jesus Christ, you obviously aren't in love with this man. <laughs> yeah, like you're <laughs> you're stringing him along at best. Yeah, like I don't even like when I heard that I was like, are you even friends? Like you're telling the friend you're having dinner with that this is your best friend, but like you've been not calling him back for a month. And I guess she's been like out of town and going around places or whatever, but like you don't have anyone who can check your messages for you. Yeah. If he's been trying to call you for a month and it sounds important, don't you think you would call him faster? Or maybe you just like the idea of having someone around who's in love with you because you're a narcissist. Mm Hmm. Anyway, it turns out he's not in love with her. He tells her he's getting married. Ha ha! To a different person. Egg on your face, Julia Roberts. To Cameron Diaz. So now she's got to go attend his wedding. Yeah, which is like the coming weekend. And she's like, that's not a lot of time. And she's like, oh, but don't you think this is fast? Don't you think you're rushing into it? And he's like, no, I've been dating her for a while. And like, I tried to tell you a month ago that the wedding was coming. Which yeah. I don't know how long you usually have for weddings, but a month seems fine. I but mean, yes. it doesn't seem like a ton of notice, but still. Also, um, she's rich, so it's not too fast. He's marrying into money. Yeah. Get it while you can. Yeah, so then she decides that she's in love with him. And as she's going to the airport, she's telling George this. Mm-hmm. And just telling him that she's essentially going to break up this potentially happy marriage so that she can have him back yeah and george seems to not approve no she's but, not good enough for george no george is honestly like the only sane character like i would say um cameron diaz's character is not no horrible but she's very very young and she needs to take a couple steps back from this whole relationship and be like oh this guy's no good Oh. Did you remember what you were going to say? Yeah, when my mic cut out while I was saying that George is a loving and supporting supportive friend, which is, like, the only compassionate person in this entire movie. Like, Kimmy seems fine. Yeah. But also, like, purely... Her investment in Julia Roberts is purely to keep her close so she doesn't hit on Michael. Yeah. Because she knows all about their past relationship and she's sort of like, I don't really trust them together. Yeah. But somehow doesn't pick up 
on uh, on Julia Roberts trying to ruin everything. Yeah. Anyway, so she gets there, and Michael picks her up at the airport, and then all of a sudden, Kimmy's there. Yeah. Gives um, her a and big then hug. Gives her a big hug, and then tries to kill her while asking her to be her maid of honor. <laughs> yeah, because she's driving very poorly. She goes so fast. And she just goes like across two or three lanes at once without signaling. Just zoom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So her Kimmy's friend had to drop out of the wedding. She had what did she have? She broke her pelvis. She broke something. Yeah. I think she breaks her pelvis or something skiing, and then, um, yeah, she needs Julia Roberts to be her bridesmaid. So she almost immediately takes her to get fitted for a dress, which Julia Roberts immediately rips. Yeah, not on purpose, it seems, though. Yeah. (laughs) No, she's like, like, Kimmy's stressing her out with her energy. And she's like, I need a cigarette, and goes to step down and rips the leg. Yeah. So the leg of the dress, the most common part. The dress leg. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and, like, it's obvious to Julia Roberts that, like, Kimmy knows, like, a ton about her because you know her best Michael has been telling her about her but like she doesn't know anything about Kimmy because Michael has not mentioned her possibly because they haven't spoken much in the last while and then Julia Roberts tries to sabotage their marriage by taking them to a karaoke bar even though she knows Kimmy hates karaoke because she can't sing and then she forces her to sing well wait Michael tries to force her to sing first which is your first clue that this guy fucking sucks yeah and then Julie Roberts is like, no, 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 she doesn't want to. She hates it. She hates it. And then she makes her sing. Yeah. Tricks her. Yeah. Lulls her into a false sense of security. And then she sings poorly, but then people get into it because it's karaoke. Yeah. Wes pointed out as we were watching this that it's unreal that people started booing her in a karaoke bar. No one yeah. would do that. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, she gets into it and everyone else gets into it. And then Michael is even more in love with her because she has flaws. Yeah, he loves a good flaw. Mm-hmm. Also, everyone kisses everyone on the mouth. There's a greeting in this. Yuck. Big yuck. When they are at the baseball game and she's delivering beer to all the fellas, which also big yuck. Yeah. And she sits on the lap of his father. I'm thinking father, yeah. And kisses him on the mouth. Yeah. Uh, yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah. Super gross. <laughs> And then um, when Kimmy's dad is giving her away at the wedding and then they kiss on the mouth and it's like, big yuck, friend, stop that. (laughs) There's another instance of people greeting and kissing on the mouth and I hate it, but (laughs) I I don't know why it's in movies. Like, I feel it's a fairly uncommon, uncommon practice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stop. No, no mouth kissing. No. Not even if you're romantically involved. None of this. No. Just finger each other. <laughs> Just finger each other if you want to show affection. Um, yeah. So <laughs> where were we? After the karaoke bar. So at some point they go back to the hotel and Kimmy stops the fucking elevator while they're both in it to have a conversation about how scared she was that Julia Roberts was going to be too much to live up to. Yeah. But and Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts has a panic attack. Because she's claustrophobic. Um, and then she eventually, when the elevator gets to their floor, like runs out and immediately 
knocks into someone and falls down. And then we meet the other two best characters in this movie, <laughs> the hat ladies. Yes. Um, they're like, I don't know, cousins or friends from like debutante balls or whatever. And they're very good and funny. What's the first thing they say? It's like something like, oh, this is the one that's not good enough for Michael. Something like that. Or like, or, um, or it's sort of like the other way around. Like this is Michael's dream woman or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. And uh, I like, in a normal circumstance, I'd be like, oh, they're mean. But in this circumstance, I'm like, at least they're being very honest. <laughs> yeah, they're the only straightforward people in this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I think that was actually before because I think they go out to the ball game after. Let's just name scenes as we remember them. Eventually, George comes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I do remember a bit, but I don't remember the specifics. But I will say that Julia Roberts has one-on-one -on -one conversations with Michael and uh, Cameron Diaz at different times and uses those conversations to uh, convince the other one, like essentially convinces Cameron Diaz to do things that Michael will hate. Yeah, or vice versa, like he finds out that this Cameron Diaz hates karaoke bars, so she brings him there. She finds out that, uh, or she talks to Michael about how his job is like uh, not grown up and wouldn't like as soon as you get married, Kimmy's dad's gonna offer you a job, and then he's like, she'd never. We've talked about it, and she wouldn't, or blah blah blah. And then she goes to Kimmy, and she's like, he actually really wants that job. Yeah, <laughs> she's a huge ass. Yeah, and then when they have like. A discussion about it first of all julia roberts is there for some reason which she shouldn't be but she convinces kimmy to like bring her along for support mm -hmm. um and then he gets unreasonably upset at the job offer yeah he gets so mad and basically accuses her of trying to ruin his life when she's the one giving up her entire life for him until she starts crying and saying you're right i'm wrong you're always right whatever yeah. like help her someone get her out of this terrible relationship yes it would have been great but nobody does ignore all that annoying shit eventually george shows up yeah after julia roberts has called him a couple of times being like i'm being crazy and he's like yes you are please stop it he's like maybe i can just sneak over there and try to convince you to tell like just be upfront with him but she's not no um, but that doesn't matter because she <laughs> lies to everyone. Michael assumes that George is her boyfriend. Uh, she tells him. Wait, who assumes it? Somebody assumes it and she just goes with it. I think he went. I think he just went, oh, who's that? Because she kept looking back at him and she's like, uh, and she she says that they're engaged. I think he might. She might have just wanted to like make him jealous or something. What I thought he was already jealous. Also, I thought he knew George before that because he says something about thinking he was gay in the car uh, afterwards. And she's, she's like, "Oh, he just likes to pretend to be gay sometimes." <laughs> she laughs too much. Uh, he's she's told him about him before, so uh, okay. like he's heard about George and probably heard about how George is gay, but he's like, "I guess they're dating now." And all of that is fine. Um, also, him like trying on scarves in the background while Michael's getting his suit fitted is delightful. Mm -hmm. And then knocking over a mannequin. 
Yeah. But the brunch scene is the showstopper. What we all came here for in the first place. <laughs> when he gets the whole table singing, say a little prayer. Yeah. Well, in the so someone asks how him and Julia Roberts met, and he starts telling this big elaborate story. And then instead of finishing the story, he just he's like, and then she said, "The moment I wake up." Yeah. It's a very good scene. I would it say is. probably the best scene. Everyone loves it, and the hat ladies get right into it. Yes, they enjoy to they enjoy to sing. Also, um. Because I'm just remembering his behavior in this. The teenager, yeah, who is also the big brother from Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, I don't like the way adults interact with him. What's happening? I don't know. He seems to have a crush on every older woman, but especially Julia Roberts. Yeah. And she seems a bit too comfortable with that. I mean, that makes sense in the Julia Roberts standpoint because she wants everyone to be in love with her. Yeah, but I do not like it. Yeah, it's, it's especially gross when it's a teenager. Yeah. That's another kind of weird thing. So he has to be a good 10 years younger than his brother, Michael. Mm-hmm. Which is always weird to me when there's a 10-year age gap. <laughs> Do we see their mother? I don't think so. Okay. Women don't really exist in this movie, aside from their relationship yeah. <laughs> to men. To Michael, yeah. Yeah. Like, you see um, Except the Kimmy's Hallie. mom. The hat ladies, yes. And you see Kimmy's mom a bit, but like they don't have a big part, which it's like, if I was Kimmy's mom, I would probably be pushing Julia Roberts off a cliff. Yeah. And then just paying money to cover it up. I wouldn't even have to know Kimmy to be pushing Julia Roberts off a cliff. She sucks. Yeah. She sucks a lot. So what else happens? Um, George just goes home. Mm -hmm. Um, But before he leaves, he tells her... Essentially to just, like, hug him goodbye because that's what you came here to do anyway. Yeah. Instead of trying to sabotage his relationship. And she's like, aw, my friend loves me. I'm going to immediately ignore this advice. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> stop <laughs> doing things and just let go of this because yeah. it's not yours to hold on to. <laughs> What's the next shitty thing she does? I feel like we can get straight to the intrigue now because we're pretty close to her... Um, Offering to pick up her Kimmy's dad oh, yeah. um, at his office, so she he's in the middle of a meeting, and so she asks if she can use his office to make some calls, mm-hmm. and that's a lie. She doesn't have calls to make. What she wants to do is use his laptop to write an email to the editor of the magazine that Michael works for, <laughs> Sport Magazine. Sport Magazine, um, which she composes this email, and in the two section. She just writes in the full name and job title of the person she's addressing this email to. So that's not a thing. That's not anything. That's not. Why did she do that? Yeah. (laughs) How did it get sent? (laughs) It's all very confusing because I forget. Was this like a 97 movie or? Uh, 97. Yeah. I don't really remember email in 97. I remember it in like the early 2000s for sure and it was more like it is today than this weirdness so i'm like the person who wrote this did they never write an email before (laughs) she yeah also like the thing i mean it really annoyed me anyway but she also had written out what she was going to write by hand so that she could bring it with her and make sure to type it out 
Mm. Um, like she's using a typewriter. Yeah, but just like, like premeditated. She's very schemy, and yeah. then um, doesn't even look through his old messages to see, make sure she's writing it correctly or anything. And then instead of she has like a moment of like kind of guilt where she's like, should I send it? No, I'll just save it. And it's like not as bad because I'm not actually sending it because it won't go out there. He'll just we'll bring him back and then he can see that uh, Kimmy's dad was going to send it. And so apparently you can save an email to send later. For some well, reason, yeah, that's called a draft. But like the bizarre idea that she can just do that and then come back to his office unimpeded. And also at no point is this man going to go through his own email drafts. Yeah. Like, okay. But then also like, he just says to his secretary when he's leaving, I've saved a couple of emails for later. Can you send them? Like, I don't understand. Like in a sense, yeah, why didn't I... you send those when you were finished writing them? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem like he's using it as a draft folder so he can keep going back and, like, editing it. He's like, it seems like he's just doesn't want to send them right away. Maybe he Maybe doesn't want to... Maybe email servers work like um, CRAs right now where you can only send them on a certain day. <laughs> Maybe he, uh, he just doesn't want a response right away. He's like, you can respond to me over the weekend. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you on Monday. I don't but anyway... Um, her plan is foiled when she can't get back into the building. Yeah. I mean, it's foiled before that, but she doesn't know that yet. She can't get back into the building, even though Michael takes her there. Because she lies about needing numbers or whatever. Yeah. She left something there, or she needs to use the computer for this thing for her job. And he's like, it's whatever, like Saturday, you're not, nobody's going to be working or Friday or Saturday, whatever. Nobody's going to be working this weekend anyway. This can wait until Monday. And she's like, no, it's really important. Also, she's a food critic who just finished a book tour. That's what it is. But when she's like banging on the door, claiming that she needs to get in there, and he's like trying to calm her down, she's like, no, they need those numbers tomorrow. What what numbers are you responsible for? You write about food. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Maybe she needed to submit her, like, receipts. They need them tomorrow so that they can pay me back. Yeah. Anyway. It's just a bad cover. Yeah. But whatever. They give up. They go back to the hotel. He gets a telegram. Ooh. It's from his editor. That says, hey, Michael, just want you to know what you're marrying into. Which is, like... A telegram seems like a very impersonal way to deliver this information. Why didn't you call him? Yeah. The telegram opens with like, I'm really sorry to do this right before your wedding. And then it continues. And it's like, you, there are way kinder ways to do this to somebody. Yeah. Like a phone call is probably just like courtesy. <laughs> to be like. And if you're going to send it in writing, why would you not just forward the email? Well, he doesn't have email. Someone doesn't know how email works in this movie. Only some people have email. Oh, okay. And I think his sport editor wanted him to get it before the wedding in case it changed his mind or something. So forward him the email and call him. Yeah. It's still way less complicated than a fucking telegram. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he goes and confronts Kimmy. 
Mm-hmm. Or he calls her and confronts her. And then he calls Julia Roberts. Oh, no, wait. Julia Roberts is there while when he gets that. Yeah. And she he asked her to go stand out, or sit outside for a bit because he needed some privacy so he could talk to Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And she hangs out in the hallway and lights up a cigarette and then Paul Giamatti comes over and is like, hey, no smoking here, please. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a weirdly tender conversation. Um, yeah, Paul Giamatti that- is actually the best character in this movie. Yeah. This, I didn't hear a lot of it for whatever reason, but the thing that bugged me was he's like, hey, this is a non-smoking floor. And she's talking about how she's having like a rough day and she's a horrible person and blah, blah, blah. And then she gets him to also take a puff of the cigarette. And it's like, that would be fine if this was a smoking floor, but he's working. If he's smoking on a non-smoking floor and he's at work. like It's 1997. It's not that big a deal. You can, you can smoke anywhere. You're just not really supposed to. Yeah. They let you smoke on the job. Yeah. As long as you're doing it because a, a hotel patron asked you to. Exactly. He's making connections. He's he's yeah. making a return customer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then what's his face? Michael tells Julia Roberts that Kimmy was denied everything and said he was crazy and paranoid. But then he said he wasn't going to get married, I think. Oh, he tells her all this also while she's lying on the floor because he just opens the door while she's leaning on it. Oh, yeah. Um, And I feel like that's supposed to make her look more pathetic. Um, But (laughs) I was distracted the entire scene by the fact that her chin still looks like movie beautiful. No one looks that beautiful laying down. (laughs) Maybe they had her like fully upside down and they just had a lot of hairspray in her hair or something. Yeah. She was, like, at an angle, not fully yeah. flat. <laughs> She's just jutting the bottom of her head out the whole time. Yeah, it's a prosthetic. It's just very frustrating to watch. <laughs> yeah, so they go to bed after, in separate rooms, of course, after he's like, I'm not marrying her. And then the next day, she gets up and there's, like, I forget how she finds out, but essentially Michael is at the brunch that they were supposed to go to, the pre-marriage brunch. And she's pissed at him for going. Yeah. Which is wild. (laughs) It's wild that she has the capacity to be angry at anyone else. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I do like this one outfit she has because it's got like the high waist jeans and the crop top and the little tiny circle sunglasses. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those are very cool. (laughs) So very like you forget that that was cool in the 90s and you're like you look like a future like a future person mm-hmm. a future person i don't remember what happens here at all she argues with him for a while and then they go into the forest and there's a gazebo and she tells him that she loves him and she gives him a kiss and then kimmy comes around the corner and sees no no before that She's talking to each one of them individually and Kimmy, like, they've still called it off but he just didn't know how to not go to the brunch sort of thing. Mm. And Kimmy's, like, on the other side of the grounds or whatever, like, crying and she's ta- she's the go-between between Michael and Kimmy and eventually they say they'll marry each other again so she gets the wedding back on and then she goes to the gazebo and says she loves him and kisses him. And then Kimmy catches them. A strange choice. It's you like already you're- succeeded in breaking up this marriage. Yeah, well, it's 
It's like, you know what? If I do it this way, there's not going to be like enough hard feelings. Like, how do I make this even worse? Also, she really shits the bed before this because there's a scene where Michael asks if they can have some time alone together. And then the next thing you know, they're on a boat outside the hotel talking about love and going under a bridge as he's saying, like, if you love someone, you should just tell them. And then she just stares at him quietly. Uh, You can tell she thought about kissing him, but she didn't. And then Kimmy runs away and then Michael chases after Kimmy. And somehow she's much faster than him, even though she's wearing like small heels, but still like a strappy sandal with a heel on it. Cameron Diaz has very powerful legs. Yeah. And then Julia Roberts chases after Michael and she's, I mean, obviously everyone else has a head start, but she's slower than the other two. Yeah. Well, she smokes. (laughs) And then Kimmy gets in her car and drives off and Michael's like, no, stop. But she has driven off and then he gets in his car and drives after her. And then Julia Roberts gets over to all the cars and tries to steal someone's car, but nobody's left their door open with the keys in it. So she steals a bread van. Just learn how to hotwire. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best part because they're chasing each other like a car chase and she's in the stupid bread van and she calls George. (laughs) She tells him what's happening, but she's like yelling it and he's having a dinner party. (laughs) I don't remember. I think I spaced during the scene. (laughs) <laughs> or like a lunch party whatever I don't know but yeah and so everyone's talking and then they eventually like they slowly stop talking because they're like someone's yelling a message on your answering machine and they're all listening to it <laughs> <laughs> so they hear her being like I'm in a bread van chasing Michael and he's chasing Kimmy and I don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> and then the the message stops and he's like so would anyone like some coffee <laughs> he gets them all coffee and then he calls her back and he's like, so Kimmy's running away, Michael's chasing Kimmy, and you're chasing Michael, but who's chasing you? He's like, it's no one. This re- You're not in this relationship. George is so too good for her. Yeah, it's like he was explaining it to her so nicely before, and now he's just like, look at this. Yeah. Nobody wants you here. <laughs> Stop it's being so a lunatic. It's still like he's gently telling her that this is like bizarre behavior. <laughs> yeah. But like he's just using it. He's like slightly harsher words. Yeah. Will this get through to you? <laughs> uh, and then they end up at a train station. Yeah. Because that's where Michael proposed. Yeah. But why is Julia Roberts there? Because she sees him go in. Oh, okay. And so she sits there and explains what she did and then calls herself pond scum. And then he's like, no, you're pus. Yeah. You're pus that grows on the mucus that feeds off the fungus that lives in the pond scum. And then later she calls herself fungus again. And it's like, no, we already established that you're pus. Yeah, idiot. Keep up. Yeah. But then they like make up. And it's like, no. They make up so quickly. Like that, that's a major betrayal. Although um, I will say in this scene, Julia Roberts does such a good job of reacting to his speech the way someone like her would react to being called scum like to have like to sit there and explain that she did something terrible but then react still with like shock and dismay and like genuine hurt in her eyes 
as he's being like, yeah, you did do something terrible and I'm very upset with you. Yeah. Her like, face is so good. She's like, I can't believe you agreed with me. And it's like, yes. Yeah. You've made it abundantly clear that you're terrible. Ah. <laughs> uh. Wedding's back on. Yeah, they look for her. They eventually find her at, like, the baseball stadium? I don't remember. They call one of the hat ladies, and the hat ladies, like, essentially tells them where they are without... Oh, yeah, and they have the bathroom fight. Yes. Yeah, so Julia Roberts finds her in the bathroom of this baseball stadium. Also populated by other women. Yeah, who want to fight, but... Yeah. So as soon as they start talking, someone yells catfight, and all these women gather around um, as they're yelling back and forth. And, like, people's interest is piqued when... Cameron Diaz starts yelling, you kissed him on my wedding day. Or, uh, yeah, and then Julia Roberts is like, you are keeping me close just to keep an eye on me. And she's like, yeah, like, have you heard the stories about you? And she's like, I was right to anyway. Look at what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then um, Julia Roberts does the only good thing she does in this entire movie, which is explain that she is not as lovable as Cameron Diaz. And the guy i tried to steal from you still didn't work didn't work doesn't love me loves you and then cameron diaz inexplicably hugs her yeah like I, i'm so sorry you don't get michael who is not that great a person and then i think it's the wedding scene yeah and then they get married and then julia um, roberts is tone deaf still yeah gives a very bad speech um, yes that's not a good phrase to use but i've been using it a lot lately yeah she's um clueless also, the audacity after they get married for her to be like watching as they leave, like frantically watching for Michael to turn back to her. Yeah. And that like, you just tried to ruin this wedding. Like the most you can hope for is that these people forget you. <laughs> yes. But instead, Michael inexplicably comes back and gives her a hug. Cowardice and your friendships. Yeah. And them. Oh, but um, then at the reception... She's like sitting at a table all depressed and George calls her on her cell phone <laughs> and is like, I'm sure you're feeling miserable sitting there in your lavender dress. She's like, I didn't tell you my dress was lavender. And he's like, I'm probably drumming your fingers on the table. She's like, I didn't tell you my dress was lavender. And then he shows up because yeah. George is too good for her. He was sitting at a table just a couple tables away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. George is like. George is way too good for her. But he puts up with her. Yeah. Oh, my eyes are so itchy. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. It was <laughs> um the people in it are bad, but it's still kind of a fun fun one. Yeah, like if you want a not too not too thinky movie that'll make you a little angry. But it's got some fun musical numbers. Yeah. Uh give it a go. I don't know why people would watch a movie to not be a little angry. If it didn't make you angry, it wasn't a movie. Good. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's do gore wape. <sighs> yeah, let's do gore wape. Do you have a gore? <laughs> um my gore I can't think of anything right away. That's silly of me. Oh, my gore is that I have to do my taxes. I'm doing them today. I started them. I don't like it, but I'm doing them. Good. Uh, I guess I already told you all my gores, but 
my gore is that I also have to do my taxes. Oh, so. you, you still have to do taxes? I thought you had um, already done yours for some reason. Mine are almost done. I just, um, because the CRA website doesn't let you log in. Well, you can, but you're not supposed to on certain days. I've been waiting for the weekend to get the last bit of information that I need. Oh, shoot. I'm going to need to figure out my last year's tax return, too. I always forget that. Forget. That what? I need my last year's return amount, but maybe it'll be in. If you, I think you can let it just autofill any of the information from CRA. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you can. TurboTax used to let you, but now they want you to give them like $10 to do that. And I'm like, it's two lines. Yeah, that's very rude. And also they said they were going to give me a free code and I messaged them for a free code, like they said, and then they didn't give me one. So ah, just so you guys you, know, TurboTax. TurboTax sucks. Hmm. And my is, I think I mentioned yes last time that I got all those sodas, but I've been trying them and they've been largely good. Yeah, I heard the blueberry one went over well. I really enjoyed the blueberry one. Um, the cream soda was okay. It wasn't my favorite. It tasted a lot like um, icing sugar. So it's like, I like the taste of icing sugar in general. I don't know if I want to drink a whole bottle of it, but it was mm -hmm. fine. And then I had the spruce and hops one today. Um, Ooh. I didn't care for it. I can see how people would like it. I didn't mind it for the most part. It Wes had it last night and said it was kind of lime and I tried it and there's lime and then it does taste a bit too much like a tree for me mm, so okay I love, probably, I love a good tree taste maybe I should try that yeah I probably won't try it again but that might be something up your alley hmm. I also feel like I don't know if I could say what hops taste like because um, I never drink anything with it in there but uh, maybe someone who enjoys hopped beverages would like it more than I did my wine is that uh, Paul cleaned the tub for me so I can have a bath later today. Yay. And um, I have a bath bomb with my name on it from Chloe. Yay. So, hell yeah. Thanks, dude. Does it have weed in it? No. <laughs> oh, well. But it does look like a fireball. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> And shoot it out of your armpit like Mario. Does he shoot fireballs out of his armpit? Yeah. What about Mario? What about him? Does Mario also shoot fireballs or is it just Mario that does that? They're the same person. <laughs> I'm just being a dick. I can tell. I have another sort of wine that I open up Duolingo again for the first time in a year or two. And still remembered some Irish somehow. Good job. Um, not a language I've ever spoken or know anyone who does speak, but decided one time that I'd just learn a bit of it. Um, and then I went to the French lessons and I was like, these are so boring. <laughs> so easy. How's your book? It sucks. The story is so bad, but it's got a very, um, the prose is nice. So I'm learning new words. Yeah. Also, she waits till her sister dies to steal her her uh, fiance so it's okay that's fine yeah as long as she didn't kill her sister mm -mm. okay well then that's no fine. her um being a slut killed her sister what i don't know she her sister like they spend the whole book establishing her sister as a slut who keeps stealing her boyfriends 
and can't settle down. I'm on like the second to last chapter and it opens with her sister sending her a letter that's like, oh, by the way, I'm dying. <laughs> Just so you know, you won't see me ever again. That's her redemption, I guess. She's a slut and then she dies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Sluts are cool, by the way. Yeah. Sometimes I forget yeah. that um, not everyone who listens to this knows me and knows that when I say <laughs> slut, I say it with the most love in my heart. <laughs> Sluts are very good and I love you if you're a slut. Yeah. I love you if you're not a slut too, probably. Yeah. Questionable though. Mm. I just want to do another wine that I made some cauldrons that I'm excited about. Yeah. Good job. Bye. Bye.